catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com. Instead of crying about Mondays and too many days in the week, use every day that you don't have to pray for days that do not exist already. This is Tony's Tech Side. My one minute <laughs> or oh, just a few words worth inspiration, you know, squeezed into just a few seconds. Try to make sense of it. This is Tony's Tech Side. Welcome. We'll learn a tech word and then I will share the most important and juiciest tech stories impacting the continent of Africa to keep you informed. I'm letting you know what exactly is happening in this space. Whether you understand or not, at least you're one step ahead mentally of every other person who really hasn't even heard the news. Or when they hear it, they don't really understand what it is about. You can share your stories with the rest of us on WhatsApp, text or send a voice note on 0913-558-1766. 0913-558-1766. Please add plus 234 if you're texting from outside Nigeria. Our tech word for the day is hashtag. Hashtag. And someone's like, well, how's that like a word? Why, why would you make that a word? I'm like... Everybody hashtags something, right? Like hashtag Monday motivation, hashtag Friday feeling. But what exactly is a hashtag? You know, like how useful is it? What is it for? Like what's its significance? The hash symbol, that's the hash, the double strokes, double strokes across. That symbol is called a hashtag. You see it on your keyboard. Yes, it's used to mark keywords or topics in anything a write-up a tweet a post anything whatsoever words or phrases that follow that hashtag are automatically transformed into links that lead to an aggregated list of posts or tweets or write-ups you know that include the same hashtag so what the internet does is that it brings all together like a list of everything that has to do with that hashtag for you so if you add you know your own write-up with a hashtag it brings your content every time someone searches for that hashtags and hashtags make content easier to search and it can be utilized to find this content regarding one particular topic or an event or anything so you see iwc 2023 world cup fifa 2023 so now everyone literally uses it you have an event you say you create a hashtag for it so that people can find it easily right so you add 23 you add 22 21 you have hashtag messi hashtag c ronaldo hashtag africa hashtag africa tech radio hashtag anything right that's what you do and i think that's really just about it the word for today hash tag now moving straight into the stories that are impacting the continent first i i think this is really important you know i heard of this last week and i wanted to like really understand what was going on so here it is you may have heard of it right but mtn nigeria has selected american tower core atc to take over its nigerian tower operations from the ihs holding 
Limited from the year 2025. Now, this is coming as leases for approximately 2,500 of its network sites in Nigeria, which are being serviced by IHS, will expire in 2024 and 2025. And MTN has notified the Nigerian Exchange Limited and the Investing Public that the lease of approximately 2.5k network sites for which IHS, you know, currently provides tower services will expire. And in line with MTN's procurement policy, you know, in in their words, they're trying to ensure a transparent and competitive bidding process. And they've been able to go for ATC, right? They're moving from IHS to ATC. ATC is the American Tower Corps and IHS is the one they're um, moving from. So in 2022, this is like the backstory. MTN completed its sale and lease back deal with IHS for more than 5,700 of its South African tower sites. And since the deal was reached, the two companies have been having some back and forth in shareholder dispute over governance issues. MTN holds a 26% stake in the tower company IHS. Together with Wendell SE and MTN Group Limited, they own about 45% of the company. Both shareholders had argued that all shareholders with at least 10% uh, stake should have the power to nominate board members. Now, IHS is the largest telecoms infrastructure provider in Africa, Latin America, and the Middle East by tower count. And in Nigeria, IHS Towers and its subsidiaries manage over 16,700 sites. Now, taking 2.5K seems like, you know, it might not really hurt that much, but trust me, MTN is a big fish in the water. I mean, in the ocean. And... I hope that they can maybe somewhere in the near future, right, find, you know, a way to resolve, you know, that particular um, problem. Talking about big fishes, yeah, Flutterwave is a big fish in the Nigerian tech space. In fact, on the continent of Africa, Flutterwave is big and Nigeria's Flutterwave will be launching its send app in India. Yes, they're going to India. Flutterwave is on to India. They'll be teaming up with India's Indus Ind Bank to launch the send app remittance right in the heart of India. And the their partner in India, Indus Ind Bank, has 35 million customers. And Flutterwave already has 30 African countries. They have their foots you know, firm in 30 African countries. And this would most likely push Flutterwave's IPO plans into like real quick moves and high gear. Um, and they're already securing a payment service license in Egypt uh, in June, I think. Yeah. And uh, a name approval for its remittance business in August. And I know they also had a thing to do with the Central Bank of Kenya. Yeah, that's a money remittance license from the Central Bank of Kenya. And the integration, yes, the very recent integration with the International Air Transport Association's IATA Financial Gateway, which will enable Africans to settle their airline fees in their local currencies. So Flutterwave is moving. Some people would say, albeit, you know, like, underneath right but you're doing big things and they're actually looking at persons and uh, companies you know like them who are as big as they are or who have some form of firm footing elsewhere and they're collaborating and they're partnering and they're doing really great things talking about someone who's also big in the space would be inya boeji um i remember some two three weeks ago they are about a month ago where he made some tweets right about the exchange 
markets and whatnot. And immediately, I think it was about 24 hours. He, he, this happened during, over the weekend. And by Monday, uh, the Central Bank of Nigeria had already started making announcements and whatnot about how they're going to you know, change things up um, in that space. So he's clearly a big, very big fish, actually. Everyone on the continent knows E. e. Some people just say E. E, right but if you're nigerian if you're yoruba you most likely say e right you you'd say it that way so he's behind itana or it yeah i think it's itana i-t-e-n-a it's itana which was formerly known as talent city because they just secured two million dollar fund from local globe pronomous capital and future africa to build what is africa's first digital free zone in their you know in their estimation so what's a free trade zone kind of right it's an area where when you build industries you know you have some certain cutbacks like you know they you get some things free right so that you can really advance that particular industry and that place but they're thinking of africa's first digital free zone so in terms of taxation and whatnot how exactly because it's not physical right it's totally virtual the aim is to be the go-to online jurisdiction for global tech companies scaling across africa it's built on three key pillars this is from itana governance infrastructure and community and it was founded by ex andela and flutterwaves co-founder in oluwa aboyeji Lukman Edu and Coco Liu and they want to use the online jurisdiction to enable tech focused businesses and startups to incorporate and operate fully online as a free zone enterprise and they're going to leverage several business services and tax incentives immigration banking investment and protection wow so this means that um, Itana will be able to extend the benefits of the traditional industries uh, the traditional free trade zone the one that the traditional industries have um and fdi investments and the list i've just rolled out this would be possible for digital and service industries well i believe just like i think in also believes that the nigeria startup act the nsa which just got signed is one the appointment of the cc hub founder that is bosun tijani as nigeria's new minister for digital economy is two and you know, the listing of Nigeria Export Processing Zones Authority, NEBSA, as one of the partners for Eterna, these are among other things, which is you know, the rate at which the contribution to GDP, which services sector is contributing to Nigeria, all of these things put together will somehow help whatever plans they have to ensure that this actually happens aside from the digital free trade zone itana you know said last year that they had secured 10 million dollars or over 10 million dollars to build a charter city in the lekki free trade zone um that's on the outskirts of nigeria's commercial city lagos as of 2022 Itana said that a 72,000 square meter plot of land intends to house 1,000 residents and 2,500 remote workers. And the project's first phase will be concluded in the next four years. So it won't just be building something that is digitally, but also trying to create some a space for digital nomads, kind of. And I am waiting, you know, for this to actually happen. I cannot wait for it to get manifested, like for it to manifest right before our own eyes. Well, I'm a piano. 
Zulu or Sosa. I, I don't I, I can't do the whole click thing like right but our piano has been taken over by almost everybody now has like an ama piano something going on or ja piano color piano people even add piano to like ama piano to like whatever sound they're creating and you know just make it theirs originally it's zulu and it's a zulu word which translates to the pianos it's a subgenre of house music that emerged in south africa some people say it's you know happened or started before the 2010s but then that's when we you know kind of like gain popularity and if you listen carefully deep house jazz lounge music you know bass lines these are the things you're most likely going to hear in a proper ama piano song well let's head to south africa yes the home of ama piano well I- i'll leave that like everyone across from kenya to nigeria ghana everyone's in a piano sound even across the world so the chinese ambassador to south africa shen jendong representing the china national space administration and the south african national space agency sansa ceo so sansa is i have a soft spot for sansa in 2023 september the first week of september they signed the an mou on the international lunar research station cooperation the ilrs now what is this supposed to do this collaborative partnership is to carry out you know efforts together demonstration implementation operation and application of the international lunar research station cooperation as well as provide training exercises and also this project will help to construct a permanent lunar base in the 2030s that is china and south africa working together to maybe create a base on the moon exactly that's what this you know just means and they're saying 2030 so let's just uh, let no comments actually until we start seeing um things that show that this is actually possible because i know that as much as we want to go out of the world as, as much as we want to be interstellar and you know out of space or in space depending on what how you consider it we still have humanity still has a long way to go when it comes to working and doing things and even understanding not just the the earth the space we're in but the outer space like everywhere else outside of earth and it's really something that's really important and i think alamde will most likely talk about this when she comes on but a lot of people are moving despite the discussions had between the president of kenya william ruto and the ceo of tiktok despite those conversations you know people have still been moving and someone just petitioned the house of assembly in kenya saying tiktok live streaming should be banned and for the KFCB that's the Kenyan Film Classification Board they're moving more towards blacklisting devices that are used to live stream explicit content on TikTok most times it's usually during the wee hours of the night yes and then you know music starts playing and then the red and green lights or blue lights like they usually do for that challenge yes comes on and woof oh my uh, let's leave that this is our note please no uh, take your mind off the car not here please not here so they had a sit down tiktok and um the 
Kenyan president William Ruto and even the fame classification board, you know, data protection body, they all had to sit down and they said, we need to actually find a way to make TikTok work in our country. We cannot just be classified alongside other people, however you want to operate. You know, it's not going to be possible. So anyone who posts explicit content will shut down their accounts and we will restrict their devices from, you know, being able to go online and do what you have to do and you will also try to classify every account like tie every account to a particular phone number and a particular device so if you think that when you switch up your devices or change your email addresses or more there will be a cut (laughs) trust me except if you're going to keep buying devices like every time you need to live stream and i think it's you know something that wouldn't really work so Aside the move to ban TikTok in Kenya, which somehow has been switched to banning explicit content, Uganda and Egypt, you know, for similar reasons, it's either immorality or threat to the nation, have also, you know, had some kind of restriction on TikTok. And, oh, Senegal, Somalia, same thing. I, I, I shared that of Somalia, I think, uh, two months ago. Um, now, there's also another side to this particular debate of either banning or restricting users. Now, if the power rests on TikTok, there is a different issue. If the power to ban or restrict rests with the government of that country, there's another totally different issue. For example, when elections come up and then, you know, countries say, you know what, let's restrict the internet, let's block Twitter, let's do this, let's do that. Who now has the powers? Like, who has the powers to say, no, let's not do that? Who exactly should have the power to restrict or to ban? Should it be a joint effort or should it be a singular effort of just the government or just TikTok? And should people have a say in these things like me now? Like, I would have a say to appeal and who is going to be the final body to decide? Well, until everything really unfolds, I really don't know how, you know, (laughs) I really don't know who should have the powers, but you can, you know, let us know in the comments. Let's know who you think should have the powers, whether it should be with the government, whether it should be um, with TikTok or whether it should just be a free for all thing. And then finally, in Ethiopia, um, they are working with Madras security printers. Um, to produce new digital IDs known as FADA for its 120 million people. And I think Ethiopia is second to Nigeria in terms of population, the second largest country on the continent, yes. And this bid is worth $300,000. And this Madras security guys would be manufacturing 1 million digital IDs. While this is like really a thing, I'd want to draw our attention to something else that's a thing. And it's the first self-sovereign national digital ID card. Yes, and most of Bhutan's 780,000 plus people will most likely be getting the first set of self-sovereign national digital ID cards. What's a national digital Yes, a national digital ID card, self-sovereign. I would explain it this way. When you go in to register yourself, any kind of registration whatsoever, they capture your face, they do your your fingerprint, you know, all of those things. And it is stored with a particular body, right? So that body, you know, keeps everything in like their systems and their servers and whatnot. And if you want to 
change anything. You'd have to go to that body, request for information to be changed, and they would process it. They'll tell you whether or not you know it's possible to be done. In Nigeria, for example, there are some details you give that you cannot change. If you make a mistake, you become Sizwebansi is dead. I don't know about like that's all. He's gone. Like he's gone. Sorry. But self-sovereign national ID cards or digital ID cards rather want to take the power from bodies or middlemen and give it to citizens. That's, I mean, the owners of the data. So this is going to be built on blockchain. Yes, the blockchain technology. And you have access to your data. So imagine you having access to your digital ID on your phone, right? And you don't need an NIMC. You don't need to apply to NIMC to say my NIN something, something, something. Like people are doing now. Pay 15000 pay 20000 To change your own name or is your name or it's not their name. Your name. But you need to pay to change your name. So your name will reflect that, oh, this is now your name. And they're like, oh, why did you make the mistake in the first place? It may not be you. It might be the person who's who entered the data, right? Because I've seen that a couple of times. You tell someone my name is... Um, um, ABC and they write ACC and you're like oh god they say I've sent it though sorry I can't do anything now you are now ACC you see Bansi is now dead no so this is going to be trialed in Bhutan um, it's a country in Asia and limitless possibilities I would say and that's what technology like the new emerging technologies kind of give us we don't know what the you know what the downsides to this may be for now but I think it's one way to go and it's good and important that people have some certain level of control, if not a hundred percent, because it's like, come to think of it. It's my name. It's my data. It's my date of birth. It's, it's me. It's everything. It's my fingerprints. I, I can decide whatever I want to do with it. Exactly. But then it's just something that's happening for the first time. And the prince of Bhutan is the first person who actually signed up and he's on record the first person who has a self-sovereign national digital id card so as we're moving towards biometrics and you know digital ids and whatnot let's also think of these things you know trying to ensure that the data that people generate not just belong to them but they have access to it and they can decide to do whatever they want with it i mean in adequately golds it would be at that point in time you can call yourself an ogarana because for now sorry you don't control your data your data is not yours well it's yours technically but you understand what i mean so it's important to note that just like everyone's having a discussion about emerging tech called ai artificial intelligence a lot of people are also cashing out Freelance job and career platforms have seen a boom in AI job postings and searches also. Indeed, right? And it's called Indeed or Indeed. Indeed, right? It's a job-related platform. And generative AI-related job posts increased nearly 250% from July 2021 to July 2023. Globally, job posts in English with references to OpenAI's ChatGPT or GPT have increased 21-fold since November 2022, according to LinkedIn. And the rise of generative AI is reshaping the freelance tech job market. AI-related job posts from employers and searches among job seekers have totally hit the roofs. LinkedIn 
Upwork and Fiverr are cases. How do you usually say that in case in point or case in view? So LinkedIn is owned by Microsoft, right? And Microsoft is like the primary investor in the open AI. And for the first time that large language model first broke, that's a chat GPT in November 2022 when it went public. Now they have it for enterprise. You can pay for it and you know your company would be using it. A lot of people have searched for chat GPT and a lot of roles that never existed before now have started coming into being just because of how you know the publicity around chat GPT and generative AI. Now you have things like the search for people who can build chatbots increasing, the search for people who can actually teach people how to use chat GPT as better writers, as better um, influencers, as better business people, as better whatever, right? And I know the number of people who reached out to say, I'm doing a course and the course is, I'm teaching you how to use chat GPT. And I'm like, are you joking? Are you really joking with me? But then I see like 500 people signed up for this. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? Okay. I'm not saying that like if you sit with an app, right? Or if you sit with something for a while, you most likely learn how to use it. And I, this is not me Gen Z shading like millennial, right? No, it has nothing to do with that because it's just like telling, you know, a Gen Z that you want to teach him how to use TikTok, like come and take a class for, you know, learning how to use TikTok. They're like, come on, man. Nah, nah. So, but nonetheless, if people can make money out of it, if people can actually make a living out of it, and if it means helping someone who really actually doesn't know how to go about it, then of course, why not? The services should be paid for. And if you're thinking of getting into this space, you may want to take a bachelor's um, that is related to computer science or engineering, right? And then you can find your way into courses find your way into conferences and summits and meet people who are actually working in this ai space and then find your own niche and find your own space um also on udacity that's um it's an online learning company it saw a 33 percent over the past year the interest in ai based courses deep learning ai programming with python ai for trading yes ai for trading yes that's a thing too i know that machine learning devops engineer computer vision natural language um, processing among um, the in-demand courses now i know in-house that we have a machine learning person a natural language and computer vision person and early this year we worked on a report on ai and human rights and that opened my eyes into like a lot of things that you know currently happens uh, that we do not know about just like the not the streets like this time but the what those things the traffic cams yeah the traffic cams oh wow a lot can happen with those traffic cams and with ai trust me a lot but let's not go into it so just while i was speaking last week with um one of the researchers we work with internally owadara kingsley he was at the um, deep learning ndaba that's uh, the summit for those on the continents who are into data data science data analytics and all of that and the amount of things and people who are already invested in data and ai and mining of all of those things and conversations around it ethical data and, and all of that is mind-blowing you may want to think about getting yourself into that space even if it means teaching teachers 
how to become better teachers with chat gpt all you just need to do is take a few online courses ask the teachers what their pain points are and then find out how to use that or integrate that knowledge into what you're going to be teaching them Mm -hmm. it's really really important so you can start with chat gpt having an idea of what it is how it works and all of that and ChatGPT API, DALL-E, DaVinci, there are a couple of other AI tools too that is not that, you know, they're not ChatGPT. Just browse about them, find out what they're into. If you're a graphics designer, a content writer, anything whatsoever you are, you can find a space, your space. And some way you can maybe monetize it if possible. And if you don't want to monetize it, you might just be able to increase your earning power. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to catch up on all the live shows right here on africatechradio.com.